Are you ready? Ready to release internal pain? To find confidence, clarity, and direction for your future? To live a life of meaning, fulfillment, and contribution? To trust your intuition again, but something's been holding you back? You've come to the right place. Welcome. I'm Ian Hawkins, the host and founder of the Grief Code podcast. Together, let's heal your unresolved or unknown grief by unlocking your grief code. As you tune in to each episode, you will receive insight into your own grief, how to eliminate it and what to do next. Before we start, I have one request. If any new insights or awareness land with you during this episode, please send me an email at info at ianhawkinscoaching.com and let me know what you found. I know the power of this work and I love to hear the impact these conversations have. Okay, let's get into it. So, today I'm speaking to Tony Scott, the pain magician. Tony, how are you? I am, well, I thought I'd be tired because we had some police action in our street at 2.30 this morning and it's now a lot of hours past then and I thought I'd need a nap before this, but I'm energised, I'm ready to go. Ask away, let's find out. What are we doing today, Ian? Well, right now we're getting disturbed by the dog barking at... We'll edit that bit. My dog... (laughs) My dog won't give us any trouble. It's asleep down here. And and the other one's keeping guard outside. Yeah, no, <laughs> mom is asleep. Someone must be delivering something. Um, chat, chat amongst yourselves. Hang on a sec. Chat amongst yourselves. All right. Well, now that I've got free reign here, I actually dug up some stuff about Ian, and uh, I'm not sure if he's aware that this is actually on the internet. So I'm going to show you now. Let's just move little Zoomy out of the way. I don't know but whether you know, but uh, Ian's actually a martial arts expert. That's the kind of thing. <laughs> if you if you leave me uh, free reign of the computer, you never know what's going to happen. Oh, very good. So for those, of you, we'll edit this bit out. But we are definitely having a conversation about how you made that happen. That is awesome. All right, so back into it. Take your pain magician uh, logo off too, so it's not double. Oh. Pain magician, yes. Okay, go. The branding is uh, complete. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, you've had you've had next to no sleep, but you're ready to go, and you and you said you're still energised to do this chat, right? <laughs> I'm I'm good to go. I I just love doing new things. So this is a new thing, and it's it's exciting. Bring it on. Bring it on. Awesome. Um, when when we whenever I talk to anyone, I love just talking about the journey and something that really stood out when we had our pre-chat was, actually it wasn't a pre-chat, you were giving me a treatment and helping me um, remove some pain, we'll get to that later, but <laughs> I just asked you about a few different things from you know how you got here and that, and you were saying that because you know you love the tech and I'm like, where did that come from? And you were saying, well, your dad had like the first computer in Brisbane. So this this idea of like absorbing yourself in technology and particularly 
computers is something you've been doing for a long time, right? A long time. I think it was about 11 years old. Uh, I'm 49 now, so that was quite a while ago because a lot of people think I'm around 30 and they subtract and go, well, that wasn't that long ago. But my father had a mate that worked in the tax office and the tax office was one of the first places that had computers because computers weren't a thing. Uh, and um, he said to dad, you need to get one of these computer things because he'd seen mum and dad writing out handwriting invoices every month. And uh, it was basically the same invoice every month, same amount, different date, different invoice number. And dad took me shopping for computers. And back then it was like a, a Chandler's, you know, like a TV, like a a JB Hi-Fi kind of place, like, but computers weren't a thing. And so we had TV salesmen trying to sell computers and they didn't know how to use them. And uh, dad bought one of these computers uh, on the deal with a salesman who said as he learnt it, he'd teach dad how to do it, this folder full of audio cassettes. And uh, dad bought this computer. He went in every Thursday night with that salesperson and together they learned how to use the computer. And dad then applied it to his business. I saw this computer, a Tandy TRS-80. It was, um, it was gray and it took the, the floppy disks, the big, the big floppy disks. And the salesman, when dad bought it, gave him this folder with the audio cassettes and the workbooks. And so I went through it and I learnt the computer. I also had dad come down one day and look at me and scream because his $4,000 computer was all in pieces. <laughs> and he's like, what are you doing? And I said, well, I want to see how it works. And he's like, put it back together. <laughs> so put it back together. Uh, to my surprise, it was mostly air inside. It wasn't like pulling apart a clock, you know, where there's gear, it's full of little gears and things that go ping. And uh, it was mostly air and I kind of got, when I opened it up, I'm like, well, I don't really understand how that works. But um, then I learned, yeah, you know, just how to, how to apply that to my father's business. And, and that curiosity then continued when I took over the business and I realized that I didn't need the staff that a lot of my competitors did because I could automate nearly everything with the push of a button on that computer. And so I became the secretary, the, the parts orderer, the, the like everything, but only because I was able to say, when I push this button, I want you to send out a hundred emails to all these customers all at once. And so that's um that's where the technical came in, I guess. It was uh, out of a, a need for business and not wanting to have extra staff and that extra cost of staff. Uh, but it was all about automation and those boring, repetitive tasks that in a business need to be done every month. It might take me a few hours to write it, but then it's going to save me over the course of a year, days and days of work. Some may say uh, even that you took the pain out of your business. 
<laughs> the pain, the, the the pain out of the business. Yeah, look, you know, business hits you from from every level, especially if you're a key person, and a lot of that's weighting down on your own shoulders. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, there's no greater teacher. It'll show you who you are. It all. It can provide for more than just your family that then has a flow-on effect to everyone and everything that that company touches. Yeah. Yeah. I've now said goodbye to that company. I'm in transition stage. I'm phasing out of that and more time being this guy now. Yeah, fantastic. So that fascination with computers took you into a space where you were making things simply, simpler, simpler. and the lessons that you got through business. And I guess the other important thing is for those watching and listening who, who aren't business-minded, that applies to, to like whether you're working for a job or whatever. You can still have that same impact for the people in your world. And it's also important to be not taking all, all that responsibility onto your shoulders without um, having ways to, to clear it as well. So that, that sort of journey took you to the point where actually you were experiencing some pain now the business just doesn't align with me anymore uh my business was forklifts so i have a large fleet of forklifts on hire all around the brisbane area hiring to businesses of all different types Uh, but for me you know i think about the planet i think about our impact on the planet and a lot of my customers i just see that just spinning that wheel of consumerism you know, I'm I'm hiring forklifts that are using up natural resources with the fuel that goes into them. A lot of the customers are just selling all sorts. Of, I mean, one of my customers makes drills for fracking, which is, you know, they bore into the earth and extract the gas. And I had someone the other day didn't know what fracking was. So I was like, really? <laughs> so, you know, there's, there's environmental things. Um, I've actually developed... I think a lot of it's psychological, but I've actually developed uh, an allergy to my actual physical industrial building. When I go in there that night, I can hardly breathe. You know, it's just been an industrial area. It's also close to uh, just a general aviation airport. So you've got unburnt fuel, uh, but just diesel fumes of trucks, like you literally wipe down the desk and then an hour later, it's covered with a black sooty muck, you know? So just, it's like that toxicity, 30 years, 30 years in the business. I think it's just, and I've had periods where I've actually been like between relationships and lived in my industrial building. So I don't think that was good for my health as well. Wow. And yeah, so I just I just couldn't do it anymore. I, you know, I get a lot of people say, "Why don't you hire a manager? Why don't you this?" No, it doesn't align with me anymore. Um, I'm actually selling out to my brother, and everybody's happy. We're all getting what we want. My brother's always wanted the business. He, he wanted to do it with me, but um, now I'm able to train his wife to do what I've been doing and train him in the stuff that she can't handle. And we're just in this transition phase and 
so far smooth sailing. Everyone is getting what they want. It's really, really beautiful. And we live in this modern age of technology where I don't act physically have to go into the office to sit by his wife to teach her. I can do it just like we're doing here. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Um, we'll come back to that because I know that's something that's really been a big thing in your business and how you're, you're really unique in the work that you do, how you're doing that remotely. Um, I want to touch on something there. You said the, the physical allergy to the, to the workplace. So when you start looking after your body like you have in the last few years, it's amazing the things that your body used to just tolerate for you because you didn't know any better. But the moment you start making improvements and maybe you go back into a space or for me, it's eating foods that perhaps I haven't eaten for a long time. The impact is so much more like you, you notice it so much more because you just haven't done it for so long. And then you start wondering, how did I tolerate that for so long? Uh, I think I think youth has a pretty good buffer as as well as as, okay. as we age. The defenses aren't quite what they used to be. And uh, but, you know, it's it's the mind chatter. It's that eating away that this is, I'm just, I just knew I wasn't aligned with it. And I've been saying it for a long time, but a, a couple of things shifted for me and I just realized that I've, I've got to do a clean break. I was trying to figure out how to stay in the business but not be so involved. And I, I just realized that when it doesn't align with me, I just know in my heart that I just need to separate. and uh, But that's from the business because it's my brother that's in it. So I'm separating from the business, but I'm not separating from my family. You know, yeah, we, we're, still, we're still there for each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah cool. So we, you brand there, the pain magician. Now you mentioned something the other day and you were saying, actually, you've kind of been, you've dabbled in sort of, juggling and, and magic tricks for a while. So it was a logical progression. How did you end up like suddenly doing that? Like wanting to, cause it wasn't something you'd done all your life. It was like you said, when you, when your kids were younger, you started playing around with learning magic tricks. Yes. Yeah. Magic. I learned from a kinesiologist is a very powerful word for me. She actually had to point it out for me to realize it. And the whenever I would perform close, uh, mostly close-up magic, a lot of people see that as a puzzle and they're trying to figure it out. Some people are happy to just sit back, be entertained, be astounded, and other people are like, and they'll just ask you straight out. They'll go, how did you do that? <laughs> right? and, the, and the response that, that you use as a magician is you go, well, that was magic. And they're like, uh, no, really, how'd you do it? And you go, huh, no, really, it's magic. <laughs> and then they realise they're not going to get anywhere with that conversation. Fast forward to now, uh, for instance, I've got you sitting on a webcam and you've got a sore shoulder and I run you through some movements and all of a sudden you can now move your shoulder without pain. I get people saying, how do you do that? Well, my, my inbuilt response was to say, it's magic. And they, and they go, yeah, you're right. It's magic. And that's, that's where the name came from. Yeah. I've actually been through a few different names and registered the company names, 
Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a part of me that didn't want to have pain in the name because you know we don't want to we don't want to put that suggestion there and and have people focusing on it. Uh, but the the pain magician it it came when I realised the power in magic and how magical my my life is and the the two go together and they just sit so well i love calling myself the pain magician i just <laughs> i love it and and just we we had a a street christmas party only like two months ago and people are all like oh what do you do what do you do what do you do and and i'm like well you know how some people get joint and muscle pain and they're, and they're all like oh yeah no no about that well well, that's what I help people with, and I'm called the pain magician. And they're all like, "Oh!" and they start googling it. You know, <laughs> that's that's not like the normal title we hear of a, a secretary or an office worker. It's uh, yeah, this this guy's doing something really different. So it's it sits on me beautifully. I I love it, and it's like um, I've hit my flow just from creating that identity yeah that's so cool and i love how you reference the the session with the kinesiologist to really tune into to your body and your inner being to to get that alignment but also it's probably something you already knew just by your behaviors and so on and absolutely you, you you've stepped into that identity and and having done some work with you realizing that yeah, you you are freaking magic <laughs> we're all magic ian we're all yes. magic all that's Very happened cool. is i've connected to mine yeah brilliant and actually and you've I'm, connected and you've connected to yours and you've you've got a superhero cape somewhere i'm sure <laughs> that's another story but yes absolutely um <laughs> so what, what i what i love and i've read this uh recently is like we all use magic like it's not called spelling for no reason right like our words that we use have such a power and and you reference that when you're talking about like we don't want to focus on the word and then manifest more of it we want to focus on the alternative but it's okay when people are looking for the answers that they associate with that word so i think that's that's um absolutely fine but yeah we, we have to be really conscious of the words that we say out loud and that we say in our head because they very much program what we're doing and where we're heading so totally totally yeah and so totally. I've, been, I've been beating myself upside in here for years didn't realize that my normal was to bash myself up yeah most people's normal right yeah but i didn't know i i I wasn't Captain Obvious. It took someone else to go. Same, same kinesiologist actually. I can speak very highly of kinesiology, yes. in particular one. One. I have three. <laughs> and I, and I, anyone who's listened to me before knows that I talk about kinesiology a lot, and I'm a massive fan, and and will absolutely sell the the benefits. So you'd go on that journey. You're you're got this. Seem to have this ability with the technology and computers you've run your business you've got this magic side of things and then you get to a point where you had an experience with uh was it a staff member and you were talking about you had this realization of how important it was just to be there for people is that a story you can share with us now 
I actually don't know what you're talking about, Ian. So you were saying how you were saying how you were sort of holding space for for someone, and they were going through a really challenging time, and just realizing how important it is for people just to have someone there to not to not um not oh, to be able to no that, okay it wasn't as it was oh okay um in in we've kind of got a little backwards so it was a, a close friend of mine had slipped into a coma right okay. And the guy who delivers my forklifts, a tilt trade driver, he'd lost his wife to breast cancer. And I said to him what the situation was. And I said, I don't know, I don't know how to support his his wife. His wife and I were really good friends, better better than the husband who'd slipped into the coma, but we all would have dinner together, but I mostly hung out with his wife. And I'm like, how can I support his wife? I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. And he said, mate, when, when my wife was, you know, at, 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 in the end days, people would come up and say all sorts of things. He said, I basically didn't hear it. I was pretty much zombified, he said. But all you've got to do is just give them your time. You don't need to even say anything. Just be there and be with them. And so that's what I did. And this fellow, Phil McQueen was his name, is his name. And he was a top acupuncturist. And he, uh, yeah, he went about 30 days in a coma and I was with him most nights. And after he passed, crossed over, whatever you believe, he... um, he lit a fire inside me and the healer came out and I actually got to know him better through all of the CDs and DVDs that he'd recorded of his workshops and seminars. And, and he was a, uh, well, he did all sides of the body, but his perhaps favourite was shoulders and I now tend to attract a lot of shoulders. So it's... Uh, and, and yet I hear that most people are suffering with bad backs, yet I don't find that that's not what calms. Not that I can't help people with bad backs. It's just I get lots of shoulders. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting. The, 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 we, we attract who we are, right? And so that's your own experience and you can help people. Um, also, I don't – I mean, oh, actually, we, I knew when we talked about this, Louise Hay works when she talked – where she talked about every body part as a different representation and, and different parts of the back have that meaning as well. Shoulders are definitely about carrying the weight of the world on the shoulders. So you're helping a lot of people like that. Yeah. You need yeah. to sort your dog. <laughs> I'm going to ask another question, let you talk, and I'm going to go sort him. Um, so, okay. so when you, you went from there to experiencing then a moment of your own physical pain, So you went through it and you, were, you said you, you had this experience where you were like looking for answers anyway and then you had a pain in your in the, in your that was digging into you like a stabbing knife, right? Whenever I'd sneeze, I had a – it would pinch on a nerve inside my hip like I'd been stabbed with a knife and that uh, – which was part of lower back pain that would come and go. And I didn't 
know what was causing it. I didn't know enough at the time to know what was causing it. I uh, suffered with this for on and off over most of my adult life. Sometimes it would leave me bedridden for oh, three or four days, not being able to get up, not being able to move around. And I then went into investigation mode because my partner also started to get trouble with her shoulder and her hip. And I just started to be a sponge. I did courses in deep tissue massage, myofascial release. I went on to learn techniques like cupping and gua sha. And I'm just a sponge. Uh, YouTube is pretty amazing. It sounds funny that education comes from YouTube. But if you start to type in specific phrases in YouTube, so if you get away from just typing in how to fix back pain, you're going to get a whole lot of just generic cookie cutter garbage. But if you start typing in antagonist muscle to flexor extensor longus, all of a sudden YouTube will start throwing you up some seminars from some pretty amazing people in the healing space. And so the, the quality of the questions determines the quality of the results and YouTube's exactly the same. There is gold on YouTube. Now I didn't learn everything from YouTube. Uh, I must say a lot of what I've learned is purely from experimentation uh, because what I found with a lot of therapists now, I'm going to kind of generalize, but chiropractors, physios, exercise physiologists, osteos, my experience with the ones that I came into contact was they don't really expand their learning other than the kind of pigeonhole that they're in. They don't look at what other therapies exist outside of what their industry knows. And that's what I started to do. I started to look at absolutely everything. I found a technique called pandiculation. I asked chiros, physios, osteos, doctors, uh, rehab professionals, exercise rehab professionals. None of them knew what it was. Almost all of them straight away went onto Google, typed in pandiculation and went, Oh yeah, it sounds like a such and such and such, but it doesn't. It it didn't actually explain mostly how to do it, and that one technique became my secret weapon. And I rented a room at the gym. I took a day out of my business every Wednesday, and I started to pandiculate people, <laughs> and people didn't know what was going on. And uh, that worked really well. I even helped people avoid that were on waiting lists for double shoulder surgery and uh, then we went into COVID and gym shut, no stream of clients. Thankfully, I have another business that uh, is an essential business as far as transport and warehousing. So very, very grateful for the business through that time and uh, still searching, still searching led me to find the technique that I do now where I don't even need to touch people and I get faster results with less effort and virtually no side effects. You know, it's, yeah. 
<laughs> it's amazing. And, and also amazing that you were able to carry on there without um, me sitting here. And uh, so thank you. Well done. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Get me started. Blah, 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 blah. Now, um, there, was, there was something else I, I actually found uh, of you on the internet as well. And um, I don't know. I don't know at what time you actually had this acting career with Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> oh dear! But that's not something that I want to see again, mate. <laughs> oh, outstanding! <laughs> I'll have to send these to you later. <laughs> I don't want to see. I've got to be honest. to see that. Oh dear! Bring yourself back up in there. Um, forget, forget pain magician. You can have a lot of people reaching out to you, wondering how you do all that stuff with the uh, with the videos. Fantastic! I actually, I actually recorded a video. It's on my YouTube channel. Awesome! Awesome! How, how I do all these all these things? Yeah. So. It could be like my lead magnet. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, what, it, what you talked about is you went and saw all these different people. And I think that's a really important point to emphasize is so many people out there have gone, I've tried everything. And sometimes they have, sometimes they haven't. But it's also remembering that there are different people in every field. So you just may not have had the right experience with the right person. There are different ways of doing it. And as you rightly pointed out, there are people that don't just stick with one modality, but use a whole lot of different versions and then bring their own abilities to that as well. And that's what you've done. And so the session we had earlier in the week when there was some tightness and you took me through something like that's really quite a quick process and yeah, actual definitive percentage increases in range of movement and reduction in pain, like, it is magic. Well, not only can you feel it, we can justify it with scores. And the score sheet tells me everything that I need to know. So if three months from now you contact me, I can go back to that score sheet and I'll know exactly what movements unlock the pain in your body at that point in time and what we did to, to fix it. So, well, fix it, fix it. Fix is just a word. I know other therapists don't like using the word fix because nothing's truly ever fixed, but I don't care. It's just a word. And when people say, oh, you fixed my back, I'm happy to run with that and go, yes, I fixed your back. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we can get well, to it. Well, on the, on the confusion that a lot of people suffer where they might be changing from one thing to another, a lot of people are looking for that one thing. Now, when it comes to the body, they're looking for that one thing to get rid of their pain. Here's the thing. It's never one thing. No. When we scanned your body out of 12 movements, we found eight problem areas. All we had to do was find the movement that worked like a master key and unlocked all of them. And then, bam, that's how we get results in, in like 30 minutes. Yeah. All we got to do is find the movement. And it's a simple process. Now, 
we, we test the body, we test the whole body, we test areas of the body. I've got like 65 different templates depending on what comes to me as to what I'm going to test. So we test the body. Then when it comes to the treatment, we do one thing. We just do one thing. I might have you twist or move in a certain way, but you're just going to do one thing and then we're going to recheck its effect on the whole body. So by doing a pre-test, one thing, post-test, one thing, test again, one thing, test again, very quickly we work out what works for your body, what doesn't work for your body. And we do more of what works, less of what doesn't work, and the process is that simple. Uh, it gets a little bit more complicated because treating somebody, when we're tracking the whole body, and it's important to track the whole body because I've had people come to me for shoulders and as the shoulder was getting better, the hips were getting worse. If I wasn't tracking it and I was like most therapists and only sticking to this area of the body, maybe a little bit in the neck and a little bit down the back, would have completely missed the hips and they would have hated me the next morning. Because we're tracking the hips, we can catch it and we can balance the whole body by the end of the session. Yeah, and, and without having to do any manipulation that may cause other pain elsewhere in the body as well. Yeah, if you think of your body as a block of the game of Jenga where you pull out the blocks and if you pull it out and it topples over, right? So most people that come to me have got blocks sticking everywhere, but somehow they still manage to stand. <laughs> what I do is get them to do movements that bring those blocks in. Now, sometimes I can do it in one session. Boom, boom. Wow, you're in balance. Will it stick if they do nothing? No. The body's going to tighten up about 10% a day and they're going to start sticking out again, right? So if you leave it a week or two weeks between sessions with me and you haven't done your homework, we're going to have to redo the same lesson again. So yeah. it's, um, you, you, your body's stuck in a pattern. We find what unlocks it, and then I tell you what to do to keep it unlocked. Simple as yeah. that. And when you say that, you're not talking about doing something to keep it unlocked forever, just long enough for the brain to reprogram that movement so that it does stick, right? Yeah, it takes about seven, seven to two weeks for you just to do your homework. It takes about five minutes a day and you've just got to run that program enough times that it overwrites the old program. And you'll know because when you test the movements, there's no difference. It, it'll be the same on both sides. Yeah, and when it's the same. And, and that is just for those movements. And so, for instance, when I first learnt this system and got rid of my own back pain, which is the point when I went all in, this is what I want to do, if, if this worked for me and I've tried everything, you know, uh, well, <clears throat> I shouldn't say everything because everyone says they've tried everything and they haven't. So I know I haven't tried everything, but I've tried all the mainstream stuff that I could find and even some of the stuff left of centre that's a bit woo-woo, right? Yeah. Uh, now, this is also, you know, we're talking on a very physical level. There's, there's three parts of, of healing when you boil it all down. We've got the chemical and we've got the physical. Well, there's also an emotional component 
Western medicine takes care of the chemical and the physical. So chemical is processes in your body, your digestion, the air you breathe, the things you take into your body, what you eat. The physical part is, do you have really bad posture? Do you spend eight hours a day bent over a computer? Is your mattress too hard, too firm, your pillow too high? Are the seats you sit on in your house too low? Bad posture, right? Or mechanical things. Or you've been in an accident and there's some kind of impact that's damaged the area. Or you've had surgery and that has just disrupted <laughs> fascia and muscle and everything's been sliced through and it'll never work the same again, right? So, but, so Western medicine kind of takes care of those, but there is an emotional component. So if you've got something that's twisting you up emotionally, make no doubt it is twisting you up physically and chemically. Everything affects everything. And sometimes there are very strong parallels between, for instance, a left shoulder that's come right forward is sometimes, I don't find all time, but it depends how many layers you want to strip back, right? It's yeah. very common for, for, for that that is protecting the heart. So the person has experienced great grief or suffering or loss in their life. Yeah. Not always. Not always, I've found. Sometimes it's just purely postural and they're all day like this. Mouse. Yeah. 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 We gotta we gotta move around. Now, I've been sitting down for too long too. I gotta move around too. I can talk to you here. <laughs> Another point you're saying, because we were talking about chairs the other day and you were saying um you've got this wobble chair because the human body shouldn't be stationary for too long. So we all know this and they've tried stand up desks and all this sort of stuff, get up every half an hour. But what you're sitting on, your body's having to constantly adapt. This is the wobble chair. So it has a base and it's got a, a rubber mount in here. And it's not flopping around like a yoga ball. It's still quite stiff. Um, but what I did, this is really simple. This is, this is a good tip. How do you know if the chair is good for you or not is the question, okay? So what you're going to do, you're going to go to, let's say, Officeworks to buy your chair. You're going to move your camera so people can see what you're doing. All right. You're going to go back here. You're going to touch your toes and note where you are. Okay, so note where you are. Note how that feels. If you've got anything bugging you in your body, tune into that. Then you're going to get your chair, select a chair, sit in it for about five minutes how you would sit in a chair in office works, trying to look like you're testing out a chair. And then you're gonna go back and you're gonna check in with your touch toes. If you tightened up, the chair's no good for you. All right, if you got more relaxed, the chair's good for you. Now here's the thing. It's not how much padding it's got. It's not the backrest. It's not the armrests. It's the height. Yeah, right. So what you got to do is go around your house and all the different chairs that you've got in your house, even if you've got chairs that are stackable, try with one chair, try with two chairs, try with three chairs, find the height that works for you, put your tape measure on it, and then go and get one. So I don't worry too much about the height because my wobble stool 
is hydraulic. So I can adjust it up and down very quickly, very easily, and I'm always adjusting it up and down. I'll move the camera again. But what you want to usually do with the chair is in its lowest position, this chair still has my hips above my knees. Have a look at the chair you're sitting in now if you're watching this, whether it's replay or live. If your knees are above your hips, chances are if you've got back pain, that's one of the biggest contributors. Yeah, and that's that's opposite of what we're taught by uh, maybe OHS specialists or something, you know, this 90-degree angle. So I, I imagine there'd be people who are sitting long days in their chair that, that are getting that. And even just thinking about now, like people who drive for a living, whether they're in cars or trucks or whatever, they're going to, more often than not, they're going to have those those knees above. It's really interesting. And so by, by being able to find that right height and getting your knees below your hips, that allows more what freedom for your lower back or how does that work? Well, a lot of people that spend a lot of their day sitting the brain's basically switching off the hamstrings. Now, if if the hamstrings are switched off, which most people interpret as tight hamstrings, they're not tight, the brain switched them off so you don't injure yourself, all right? Yep. When, when the hamstrings are uh, switched off, it means that you can't tilt your pelvis into the right position to sit with your legs at 90 degrees. You can't tilt your pelvis. You have, you're slouching, your back is rounded. So by lowering the knee, it allows for that compensation. Now you can get your pelvis in a position where your spine can sit straight on top of your coccyx instead of trying to shear off it. The shearing off is what your body is protecting you from doing because the height of your chair is wrong. Yeah, wow. Pretty cool, eh? It is. And, and, and what I love is it. And, and when I say it, it's like, oh, duh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a lot of things that, we're, that is uh, popular opinion and then when you find out something that is the opposite or different but it actually gets results, does make you think about a lot of things. So yeah, interesting. Love it. So, what uh, you you touched on this before, and you said it's more. So yes, you're dealing with the physical, but one of the things is you've taken the 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 learnings that you've got, but you've also added in the other things that you've learned along the journey, and so really introducing that holistic approach. I think. For any healing, it's it's important. I remember my sports doctor when I was quite young saying how ninety percent of healing is is the brain. Now, knowing what I know now, knowing that well, it's it is the brain, but it's that's oversimplifying it. But I think what he was touching on is that we can do the physical stuff, but unless you actually have that mental, emotional, spiritual belief in in getting better, then you won't be able to. So tell us about uh, how not you... Ne not necessarily because one can be used to open up the other. Okay, so I've you, if you release something physically, it can cause that emotional shift. Yeah, absolutely. Okay? When I was doing a technique hands-on called myofascial release, 
okay? It's torture and it will work with the right kind of person. So if you've got a crossfitter who is best friends with pain and they can handle a lot of pain and they have a very high pain threshold, they love this stuff, right? But yeah. an elderly person, you're going to give them a heart attack and kill them, right? <laughs> so when I, I've had, um, I've had a handful of people, different area, different muscles of the body, but one particular lady, when I did her biceps, now what this looks like is her laying on a mat on the floor with her arm outstretched to the side, me standing with a big smile on my face, it's kind of a wicked pleasure in torturing people, with my foot on her bicep and she is rolling her arm back and forth under my foot and I have most of my weight on top of that. Okay, so it's, it's, uh, it's the opposite of a foam roller with, with like 75 odd kilos of pressure instead of just rolling out an arm or rolling out a leg, right? So it's a lot more pressure and you're, you, you are, you're causing a change to the fascia under the, under the skin. Basically, fascia is like glad wrap for the body. It, it wraps everything. Tendons don't attach to bones. They attach to the fascia that's wrapped around bones. So if we boiled away everything in your body that wasn't, you and just kept the fascia sorry i explained that the wrong way if we boiled everything away from your body that wasn't fascia you would still look like you that's how much of it there is in the body not like when we boil everything away and there's a skeleton and you can't tell one skeleton from another when you take away fascia you can still see the the face, the expression, the skin. Like you can still see an, an outline, a shell of the person, and I and they're identifiable by it. So what happens with fascia is it gets stuck together, and muscles that are stuck together aren't functioning in their proper movement because now they're moving as one instead of doing their specific job that they need to do. So in breaking up fascia, it's torture. But when it's done and the muscles separate, I've had people with the deepest, deepest sobbing and emotional release. One lady in particular fell into sleep like a newborn baby and I actually couldn't wake her up. Oh, it, took about, it took about 15 minutes and she come to didn't know where she was, didn't know what happened, was a serious CrossFitter person and not, not the kind of touchy-feely and touch with her emotions kind of people. So to do this on the floor in the middle of a busy gymnasium freaked her out. Oh, I bet. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, and so... And and, and her posts on Facebook were always about diet, nutrition, all of her workouts. I didn't say anything, but two days after I released that in her, she did this huge emotional outpouring. Like it was black and white from very CrossFit posts to the first time she'd ever posted anything deep, meaningful and insightful into who she was as a person. I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. Wow. You know, Wow. So unlocking 
all levels of, of personal awareness through releasing whatever the pain was in the body. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And if somebody's in pain, like if you're watching this now and you are experiencing pain, it throws the brain into chaos and you're actually not thinking as clearly as you can. So you might be working really hard on your business, doing long hours in a chair in front of a computer or, or spend all day driving from customer to customer, appointment to appointment. You might be kicking goals on one side as far as your business is concerned, but when's the last time you checked in with your body and how much are you dragging your body along for the ride because that's not priority for you right now and how long do you think that's going to go on for? You know, at some point you, you're going to be too far gone that I can't help you and you will need surgery or you're just going to have to rest up and do nothing until your body comes back to a level where we can do something. Yeah, love it. And it's why I talk about the same in terms of not from a physical perspective, but the holistic approach because everything affects everything. And the same thing plays out with the emotions, right? If you keep pushing forward in business and you're not allowing yourself that space to actually deal with whatever emotional baggage has come up and you just sort of push it down, same thing, right? It'll come back in, in a, an injury or an illness or surgery or whatever else. And so it really is important to, to take that holistic perspective. So if you look at your... No, you're right. No, I was just going to say from, from my forklift business, most of the time I was dealing with the business owners. So a lot of my customers were small to medium-sized businesses. I, mean, I did have some large customers, but generally, you know, like 95% of my customers, I was dealing with the owner, businessman, and there I could see the imbalance even before I was into health. You know, I'm... Thankfully, I got this body. I'm really happy that I got this body because uh, I do see people and I'm like, man, it's like you, uh, I don't know what happened, but, you know, I kind of feel for you that that's where you are and that's what you're experiencing and for whatever reason, that's your journey and your lesson. But then I also see that they're not making the best of what they've got. They're, they're out of balance with that work-life thing and the work is priority and food and nutrition and body, it's not even on the list. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's, it's it really is about that finding what is important but still maintaining a balance across the physical, chemical and the um, uh, emotional components all of it because you need all three in balance to to have health health is in the middle yeah 100 percent. so on your journey through business like were there times where you were grappling with any of those sort of things like when it got really busy and you weren't paying that attention to the things you needed to over that 20 odd year journey uh, look, I didn't really get wise to health until I probably hit into my 40s. You know, before that, it was Hungry Jacks and all, all sorts of crap. Um, I, it wasn't until I got in my 40s that I started to realise I wasn't going to live forever. 
and I started to then look into the foods that I eat and consume. Uh, I started to eliminate foods, go back to rice and potatoes and gradually introduce one thing at a time. And for me, I was noticing how I felt, my energy, and how I smelt. And so I stopped, I stopped eating meat. Well, I, I eat seafood, but I stopped eating chicken and, and red meat and uh, unless, unless I know where it's come from and what it's eaten. Okay, so organic I'm okay with. We, we went to a wedding where the people had a farm and they raised cattle and it was their own cow that they chopped up for the wedding. Now that's perfectly, I'm okay with that. I don't have a, it's not like a cruelty to animals thing for me. I just don't like the way I smell when I eat meat. Interesting. Yeah. Cause I don't, I don't wear, you know, aftershave and I, I have, this weird deodorant that's like a cream that I and you use this tiniest little smidge called lanolin. It's amazing. Um, well, that's the one that um, lasts for seven days, up to seven days or something. Is that the one? It doesn't on me, but it does on my partner. Yeah, yeah, wow. And, and my, my, my partner is way more active than I am. She's an uh, um, aqua instructor, does fitness classes. She's always on the go, does boxing hit, like, She's, she's a personal trainer, fitness instructor. She's always on the go. And, yeah, she only needs a smidge once a week. Me, I've got to use the foot cream on my armpits like twice a day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. Hey, um, what, I'd love to know what was the – what was – or was there a pivotal moment or was there a gradual increase of something that led you to realise – I actually need to change my health practices? A lot of it came from the people in my life. So I've been through a number of significant long-term relationships and each person that I've been with has brought their own influence. Yeah, that's, 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 a, large, that's a large part of it, you know. So some of those influences haven't been good for your health. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah. So, for instance, one was a vegetarian. So there was just a clear rule that if we were going to live together, not cooking meat in the house. Uh, and But actually before I'd met her, I was already on that journey. It just solidified it. Yep. Yeah. I'd, I'd try it before we even met. I tried the raw vegan and I just couldn't keep the weight on and I wasn't organized to be three days ahead with my meal prep. Like the raw, the raw food, yeah, I give you guys credit. I think that's pretty, yeah, that's pretty disciplined and, and awesome if you can do it. But I just couldn't keep the calories on. I just started losing weight like crazy. I, I, and, and I didn't even like avocados. But I found out that they were just such a superfood and that there was about 250 calories in an avocado. And so I just, I learned that if you eat a food long enough, you'll start to like it. And I treated, use that as a test. And now I love avocado. <laughs> eat it long enough. <laughs> you did develop an, a, a tolerance for something that, that needed to happen through having more of it. That's interesting. 
And I didn't so, have an emotion. I didn't have an emotional attachment like my wicked stepmother didn't make me eat avocado as a kid, and you know that's my reason for not eating it. It was just I didn't like the texture. I didn't like the taste, and I changed it. Yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking. I wasn't thinking specifically like from some something that happened, but I was just thinking like whether we have a, for whatever reason, a certain intolerance to things and um, repetition. Yeah, interesting. So, so there was just different things from from relationships that that had you going. Oh, okay, this works. I'll try something different. Wow, that's really cool. Um, that actually worked, and I feel better. So I was really searching for that better feeling space. Oh, I didn't realize how much variety there was with being vegetarian. Now, I, I happen to live near a suburb in Brisbane that's very uh, Vietnamese, and the shopping centre has a lot of Asian takeaways. Now, they have a menu that's like this thick of all the different possibilities that you can eat. But if you go in and ask them for something vegetarian, they have like special fried rice, stir fry and that's uh, or stir fry with tofu that's it they have like three choices yet they've got like 5,000 ways that they can cook a duck you know <laughs> and, and part of being with that particular partner made me realise that man I can cook a different meal every night of the week and won't eat the same meal twice in a year I have my favourites but there is so much variety and just the the cleanliness of the kitchen. I don't have to worry about disinfecting a chopping board that I cut chicken on, you know, and having a, a chicken chopping board and a, and a lamb chopping board and the, each, each one's on its own colour and all that stuff you have to do in restaurants for just san, sanitary reasons. You know, vegetarian's so easy, man. You just turn on the hot tap and rinse it under there and stick it in the tray. It's done. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, the challenge is what you described there is when you're when you're out and about or when you're travelling and you're trying to find something that's um, that's vego but also mildly healthy at the same time because there's plenty of like we're very very blessed very blessed in Australia. I did a trip to Malaysia and and it's only in the capital city that there's like one or two organic shops. Everywhere else. Most people are growing, so you got to um, that that that's okay. But you've got to ask questions to know where where it came from. Yeah, but it was really it was really quite challenging to um, to eat the way that I eat here in the remote parts of Malaysia. Yeah, you just got to make do the best you can, don't you? You're traveling in someone else's culture, and, and uh, yeah, do, do the best yep. you can. Yeah. Just give me the green. Just, just give me the green stuff. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, you can't go too wrong there. So, Tony, with this journey you're on around helping people to ease their pain, what actually does it open up to their life that perhaps they hadn't even thought about because they've always just had this pain? Like, what do they suddenly realise they're capable of when they've had this experience with you? Well, it's that it's that clarity when when the pain goes there's like a mental fog that lifts and now we've gone from life being a burden to now it's a life of possibility that's that's the big that's the big distinction you know part of what i love to see is yes i see the scores improve yes i see them feeling better but the the trickier cases 
Like I never know how many sessions it's going to take to treat someone. We have now, we have the future. Sometimes it can be a 30-minute session. Sometimes I've, I've, I've done stuff with people in five minutes. Like can't lift their shoulder past here. And from my experience, I, I know generally where to go next with that. Yeah. And I've had people, well, we've done the thing, and then they're coming up expecting the pain and then their eyes just go like this. And, and, and they're like, what did you do? And I'm like, that was magic, you know. <laughs> and, and sometimes to me, it's like a magic, like I, I know what to expect, but when it happens that fast, I still get pleasantly surprised. You know, I know what to expect, but I never know the timeline. But the people that have been suffering for a long time, like say both shoulders are buggered, they're, they've been to the doctors, they've got all the scans, they can, and the scans don't show them why it's not working because everything, the doctor looks at it and goes, well, everything looks fine there. Right now, like, well, how come I can't lift my shoulder? Now, here's the, here's the first problem in that. Do you go to your doctor for a toothache? No. Well, a doctor doesn't specialize in joint and muscle pain. Why would you go to your doctor? Yeah, 100%. I specialize in joint and muscle pain. That's what I do day in, day out. I'm experienced. If one thing happens, I know how to, how to correct it, correct the imbalance. And if something goes wrong, I also know what to do to bring it back into balance yet everyone runs off to their doctor doctor goes send you off for scans scans come back i'm going to send you to a specialist specialist because he's a general practitioner right he's really good at writing scripts putting stitches in that sort of thing and now they go off to the specialist the specialist is a specialist so he's only going to look at that area of the body. Now, here's the thing. I'll fix shoulders by having people do a leg raise. Yeah, a whole package. Um, right. Just thinking about plans. Yeah, yeah, go, go on. I was going to say, I was just thinking about that, that doctor scenario, having been from referral to referral. It's, uh, it's a great funnel, isn't it? Not necessarily. It's slow, it's, it's, slow, it's frustrating, it's expensive. Yeah, and, and and at the end of it, none of them have got any certainty. They're going to give you the form to sign off and go. Well, there's actually a chance you can die. <laughs> you know how come how come the doctors don't go? Well, maybe you could try a version of something where they don't cut you open to you know someone that doesn't need to see inside to fix you. <laughs> Well, I guess it's like we all we all have our own experience, and so if that's what they're taught, that's what they're taught, and it's yeah, that's why if you if you're looking for something more alternative, there are doctors that use a, a mix or will refer you to the right per people. So it's always remembering, no matter what your journey is, that there's the right solution out there for you, and to trust your gut and trust your instincts more than anything else, right? So you actually got to find what works for you. If you are on a point right now, for example, where you're sitting there going, I have this chronic pain and I'm needing to fix it, and, and if your gut's screaming that to, to speak to Tony, well, then 
it's yeah, it's trusting the intuition because at worst you're gonna have a great experience with a with a high energy person <laughs> at best <laughs> remove pain that you've experienced for, for way too long already and open you self up to all new possibilities, right? Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And there's look worst case scenario. Okay, so I had one last week and I like these because I learn more from the ones that don't go great, right? The the ones that the ones that go great, it, that's that's awesome. There's not a whole lot there for me to learn because as much as people think their injury is unique to them, there there are a lot of commonalities. And, and people are like, oh, or they'll make excuses for themselves. Oh, my arm doesn't go up because I was chopping down a tree and it fell on me 20 years ago and that's why that doesn't work anymore, right? I've had all those kind of people. I've had all those kind of stories and yet I've still got their arm up. Okay, so a lot of people will, will go, oh, that's sore because of. And they're not and they're not looking at the possibility that maybe they could be completely pain-free. They just don't know it. Yeah. And I guess it's like that it's a part of their belief system is, and, and that's like we, we're attached as humans to stories and meaning. And, and so part of it is actually being open to a different story and being able to tell yourself mm. a different story. And, and so, again, not going to be for everyone, but if you're ready to tell a new story for your life around that particular part of your body, then, yeah. Tony's your man. Yeah. Oh, the one I was mentioning last week. So I checked in with him the, the next day and, you know, I say, look, after you've had a, a balance, it's quite often for your body to go out of balance the very next day. How you doing? And she had cramps. Now, we, we haven't had a conversation yet to backtrack what she did between me treating her and the cramps. I know she did a Pilates class somewhere in there, right? So a lot of time I get blamed for stuff because I'm the new thing. But another guy, two shoulders, buggered. We sorted him out in about six sessions. His brand new shoulders, his hedges overgrown. He spent like four hours straight trimming hedges that he hasn't been able to do in nearly a year. And he undid everything that we did. And then I'm told that my stuff doesn't work. Right. Yeah. So it just depends on how people backtrack it. Now, this particular lady, she's had cramps and I've said, no problem. I'll treat you again. No charge. We keep, we keep going because she's only done one session with me and that's not enough for her particular. She's got some pretty severe back pain and one session's not enough if you've got severe back pain. You're going to be looking somewhere between three and nine, three, six, nine, somewhere there. It's not going to be in one, especially if you've got the kind of back pain that comes and goes. That's, that's trickier. You know, it's trickier to find. So she's got a serious one. She's seen me for one half-hour session. We got improvement in that session. The next, uh, that night, she started cramping up in her ribs. And I'm just like, look, if you're okay to trust in me, I'm going to go back and review the video because I record the session and make sure that everything's in line and it, and it was, everything was cool. Uh, her body's just reacted in a certain way and now through a process of elimination, we'll find what triggered that. And I'm not going to charge her. 
I'm not going to charge you. I don't want to leave anyone worse off than when they first come to me. So even though during our session, she, she, we, we got a percentage improvement. I can't remember the exact figure. I could look it up, but it, it was above a hundred. And, uh, you know, even though during that session we got the result now that she's had this, I'm not going to let it continue like that. And this is this is learning for me because I haven't had this. I haven't had someone say this to me that they've cramped up the next day ever. So, so, so that's than, new, and that's something I want to learn from. Yeah. So rather than send them off to someone else because it's an answer you can't have, you just go, no. Well, let's let's actually work this out. Similar to what you described with the computer, you take people on a journey and you find it out together, and then allow them to go without adding to their, their investment already. Mate, we, uh, do, we, we do one thing, check the result, do one thing, check the result. Unlike a physio that you go to for shoulder pain, they go to the filing cabinet, they give you two pages of exercises and they think to themselves, gee, I hope one of them works. Yeah. Yeah. But they haven't, but they haven't tested. So somewhere in that something's probably making you worse, something's making you better. Hopefully there's more good than bad, but all they got to do is test each movement and they can use the touch of the toes. It's simple. <laughs> it is. Keep it simple. Tony, we could chat about this all day. We have to leave it there. Mate, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and passion. It, You're welcome. It is out of you and um, I'm looking forward to more conversations with you in the future. Um, I have one more video. I have one more video that I found of you on the internet. Uh, it's a short one. <laughs> All right, I'll stop that now. <laughs> no words. <laughs> well, the things that you learn in a day. Um, Tony, thanks again, mate. I appreciate it. Looking forward to more conversations around this stuff. Um, we will leave your details in the notes and if anyone wants to reach out to you, they'll be able to find all your details. Um, thank you. I'll speak to you soon. Oh, mate, you're welcome. And when people do sessions with me, it's like this. We have fun because if it's fun, I don't want to do it. We have a party. When we get a healing, I dance around the room. I'm like, yeah, party time. So because... There's a secondary part to that, right? If they're feeling good, they're going to get a better healing. If it's fun, it's putting dopamine. They reckon one minute of laughter is equivalent to $10,000 worth of good chemicals you could buy at Chemist Warehouse. There you go. So the more fun a session, the more healing takes place, and we do it from a place of love, and healing is going to take place no matter what. Beautiful. Love it. Good place to finish. Thanks, mate. See you, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Grief Code podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Please share it with a friend or family member that you know would benefit from hearing it too. If you are truly ready to heal your unresolved or unknown grief, let's chat. Email me at info at ianhawkinscoaching.com. You can also stay connected with me by joining the Grief Code community at ianhawkinscoaching.com forward slash the grief code. And remember, so that I can help even more people to heal, please subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform.